Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode number 17, and uh, we're very pleased to have as our guest, as we look at, uh, I guess it's Fantasy Camp Week here at the Joe Lewis Arena, so it's sort of like Alumni Week as well, as uh, we welcome Matthew Dandino uh, to the Red and White Authority. Matthew, thanks for being here. It's always great to see you. I'm happy to be here. Good to see you again. Yes, it's been a while. Many people don't know this, but 17, your episode 17 of our podcast, is a very significant number in Detroit hockey history. Well, it's the best one so far. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, you know, <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, I know it will be with you. you right. and, between you and Murph. And, uh, but the reason is, is because Gordy Howe's original number on the Red Wings was 17. I did not know that. No. I did no. not know that. And Yes, 17, and then when they traded somebody who had number 9, because they traveled by train, he wanted the lower berth on the train. That's how he became number 9. Wow. He was originally 17. And you know who else had 17 when they came here? It was Brett Hall. Brett Hall wore really? 17, yeah. And he didn't... Uh, he didn't know the Gordy House story either, but you I know. didn't know. I didn't know. I, I remember Dougie Brown with the seventeen. Right? Yeah, Dougie Brown was seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right, Matthew, I can go on about you know, that I kind got of stuff. Number eleven. How? Oh. Uh, I had a choice between eleven and eighteen. That was it. I had two numbers. Really? Yeah. So Maltz wasn't on the team when you? No, no. I came here a year before Maltz, and uh, th those were my two choices. So that was it. Like I was twenty-five when I played junior, and obviously Darren McCarty had it, and. Uh, but yeah, he says you got between 11 and 18. That's it. My training camp, I was number 65 my rookie year, my rookie camp. And then uh, they didn't want to go high numbers back then, right? right. So then uh, I guess I'll, 11 looks cooler than 18. That's really? It. So th that was it? Just that was it. it looked better? Yeah. No significance to number nope. 11? Nope. You weren't the 11th child in your family no, or anything no, like that, no. huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was it. So no choice. And uh, But, then you know, it stuck with me, and I, I liked it. I kind of liked the, the number eventually. Yeah. Well, the thing that I think everybody knows about you, Scotty Bowman, from the, I think the moment he saw you skate, mm -hmm. was going to find a way to put you on this team. Yeah. You came in as a right wing. You were a second-round pick for the Red Wings. And all of a sudden, he moves you to defense. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess a great move for you. I mean, you embraced it. You wanted to be a Red Wing, and you knew you would be on the team on defense. But can you take us back to that, and how did that all kind of transpire? And did Scotty ask you, or did he just tell you you were going to be a <laughs> What do you think? What do you think he <laughs> yeah, said? I think he probably told you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Like you said, uh, you know, my first year, I've always been a forward. I've always been, uh, you know, a right winger. And uh, play my first year. I don't play much. I think I played like 35 games or so. Um, and this was the 62-win season. So that's my first year. So we have a really good team. We should win the cup, right? We're right. favorites to, to win it. and uh, But we don't. We lose to Colorado. And uh, so my next training camp... So year number two for me, and Scotty brings me into his office, he says, listen, I like you, but, you know, everybody's coming back. We have a good team, but we lost a couple of guys on defense. He says, if you want to play here, you're going to have to learn to play defense, or else I don't know what to do with you. So it's your choice, but it's not really your choice. So go learn how to play defense. <laughs> that was it. It was a five-minute meeting, and that was it. So you know what? Like, you're a young guy, and you want to play in the NHL. So, What's the difference? 
if you can tell the people out there, of from being a forward mm -hmm. to being a defenseman. You know, we always hear skating backwards, skating backwards, but is, is, is it a little more intricate than that? It's a different game. It's a different game because when you're a forward, obviously you're, you're attacking all the time and you can rely on your defense. But when you're a defenseman, which I like, is that you have the whole play in front of you. So everybody's in front of you, so you can see everything kind of developing. And uh, that was the biggest difference. My biggest adjustment was, obviously, was playing the gap. So now this is, I remember early when I started playing, it's like, you know, the other team is breaking out, and I'm, I'm already on my blue line. Like, I didn't know how to really adjust to the gap and some situations on one-on-one, -on -one, but eventually you kind of pick up on it. And But, you know, Scotty... Scotty's theory was like if you skate fast, so if you make a mistake, you get back into play. And so that's how I kind of started to play and eventually you kind of pick up on things. And, and I also remember Dave Lewis telling me, you know, I was thinking, you know, I was a forward, so I should go maybe help out and score. And uh, I, I think I jumped every single time. You know how the defenseman right, right, joins right. the rush? I was there every single time. Come back to the bench. You don't have to go all the time. So it's just it's just picking up on things and eventually, you know, I had a lot of help, you know, if obviously with this team, you had all the good players and so you kind of watch them play and, you know, they give you tips and stuff. So eventually it got to be okay. Well, you know, I don't feel bad because uh, talking to Nick over the years, Nick Lindstrom, he would always say that the biggest adjustment mm -hmm. is the gap between time yeah. and space yeah. is that you've yeah. got to figure it out. And once you do figure it out, though, you have a great advantage over the forward because chances are they're looking up ice or to make a play and the puck is off their stick because you're able to take it away from them without them really knowing it. Exactly. And you know who's really good was uh, Konstantinov. Vladimir yeah. was so good at picking up the gap. He would do it to us in practice. He'd hit us in practice. He was that good. But it's it's reading that play. It's reading where the defense is thinking and is kind of looking. Right. And then you can really jump on that forward before he even gets the puck. And uh, and obviously, well, Nick Nick's probably the master of uh, positioning. I mean, mm -hmm. he's always in the right position. And I got a chance to play with him for half a year, and uh, probably the <laughs> the best year I had. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> I, you know what? In all honesty, I gave him his fifth Norris. I gave really, him his right, fifth right, Norris. Really, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, the, talk about some of your defensive partners and how long did it take you? Because obviously, mm -hmm. you're a quick study. Yeah. Scotty liked you. I'm sure he wouldn't. I mean, he was honest with you. If you want to make the team, you've yeah. got to play D. Yeah. But he probably figured that you're going to be able to do it. Yeah. And because of your speed, as you said. But how long did it take you to make that adjustment? Were you comfortable a, uh, a few I, weeks in, or did it take a month, a uh, half a season? It, it Actually, it, it took kind of years. because uh, So my first year, I'm a forward. My second year, I'm a D. And then the third year, I go back as a forward. Yeah. So they didn't think, you know, it went all that well, obviously. Right. Whoa. I did, it went all that well. <laughs> Phone's ringing. Your phone's ringing. Yeah, all yeah, the time, yeah. It's eh? just me. I, yeah. Yeah, the, the, everyone's used to the it. hotline. <laughs> yeah, they're right, 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 right. And uh, Ben Holland consulting me. You know, exactly. Can Dan still play? We need defensemen. <laughs> You'll find out in this podcast. So uh, no, so I went back to forward. I, I switched my first four years. Went back and forth, and then like, like I would go and play in stints because Scotty liked having his veterans, right? Like he, he we had a good team, so. He, if there was an injury, then I'd go back. I'd go back and forward. Okay, somebody's hurt on D. You go back on D. So it was kind of the idea with me was just I could position myself pretty much anywhere. I played all positions. So 
Um, but it, that my first four years, it was kind of like that. You're right. And then from year five and on, and for the rest of my career, I pretty much played defense. And that's where I really felt comfortable. Right, you were kind of a, you were really a utility man at that yeah. point. You know, I, for Red Wing fans today, I, I think it's the same thing that the Red Wings are envisioning uh, who they signed as, as a free agent, Luke Witkowski. They kind of look at him as, you know, if we need, he can see spot duty yeah. at forward, but we really want him as a defenseman. Uh, you know, you, you played with a lot of great players, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to go back to the 97 and 98 teams. Obviously, we know about 98 because of the limo accident and what happened. But the team was essentially the same. The 2002 team, which now has, and maybe someday you, Matthew, oh, uh, a Hall of Famer. I know where you're going. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, <know>? yeah. <laughs> but, but that team, it was a little different. Chelios was on the team. You bring in Luke Robitaille. Uh, Brett Hall comes in. Uh, can Dominic you, Hasek. Well, Dominic, yeah, the dominator, yeah, you know, yeah, who... Yeah. Uh, you know, very, uh, very intense man, yeah. uh, to say the least. <laughs> and how were the 97, 98 teams compare and contrast them? Because at this point, the way with the salary cap is going, conventional wisdom always says that maybe that 2002 Red Wing team may be the last greatest team of all time kind of thing. Uh, you know what? I would agree because the 90s, obviously in 97, we're playing the Flyers in the finals and they're heavily favored, right? The right. Legion of Doom with Lindros, <laughs> Leclerc, and Renberg. And so they didn't give us any chance. And and we won and we won as a team. That's that's the way I, th I thought and I looked at it is we really won on the team. We had the grind line. We grind those guys down. And 98, you know, we, we won the cup the year before, but Obviously, um, Washington had a really good team, too. Um, but when you hit the 2002 and you get, like you mentioned, all these Hall of Famers, you bring in a Lou, uh, Robitaille and a Brett Hall and a Hasek. I mean, you know, some teams were intimidated just in warm-up. Sometimes it was one nothing just in warm-up, right? Right. So, and so we were heavily favored, and we went through the season. And, uh, and I remember that year, I believe we didn't win a game – I think we clinched the trophy, President's Trophy, in uh, not e in March. Yeah. And was, so it, April, we go winless in April. Winless in April. So we lost maybe seven or eight games. Now we get in, into the playoffs, and we lose the, two, the first two games to Vancouver. Vancouver. Oh, I remember. Yeah. And this was this is why Steve Eisenman, to me, is, is the greatest captain ever. And he, I remember his speech that he had uh, in between uh, after game two. So we're heading in Vancouver, and he just, you know, he talked to the guys and said, I still, I believe in our team. We haven't won, but they got the bounces. And I believe if we still keep working hard, we will get the bounce. And what happened? Nick Lidstrom shoots from the red line. And we all looked at each other on the bench. There it is. And then eventually we go on to win the cup. But you're so right. This team was so talented. But I'm just happy that we had all this talent. And... You know, all these guys are used to playing the power play and all these minutes, and now you got to cut down because Luke Robitaille is playing on the fourth line. Right, right. right? So everybody kind of had to step back a bit, but it was for the team concept, and it worked out. I tell everybody, because uh, I traveled with the team in 2002, and I remember the second game, was it was a Friday night, and the Red Wings lose like like five to two, mm. and I'll never forget because Dom told me this story where he's skating off the ice, and, you know, one thing about the Red Wings is that you guys hated to lose. I mean, right. just hated yeah. to lose. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. e e no matter what, if the, e every game meant something. As Steve Eisman told me for years, 
if we're, if we're going to play him, we might as well win him. Exactly. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, you're right. You you're know? right. So, so that's what he always would tell me. But some dude takes off his autograph Hashik jersey, which is probably $250 a pop, takes it off and throws it on the ice wow. when he's skating off after that game, and you know, which fired up Dom. And then I remember driving to Vancouver, and I don't know if you remember this story, Matthew, but we're in the bus, and going to the hotel in Vancouver was like a 45-minute drive yeah, from the yeah, airport. Yeah. And we're driving, and then people were surrounding us on both sides, and they were thinking that this was maybe the Canucks, which is weird because they all would have their own cars. Yeah. But then when they figured out it was the Red Wings, because this team, as you said, yeah. was so recognizable, they yeah. were like the rock stars of the NHL, yeah. they started throwing out brooms. They had brooms oh, out of their the car. Sweep. Yeah. yeah, the sweep, yeah, the sweep, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you guys were up yeah. to nothing. Then we get to the hotel, and there's people there waiting, and this is like 2 o'clock in the morning, which is 5 o'clock in the morning, Eastern yeah, Standard, right. or daylight time, whatever yeah. we were on, you know. So everyone's tired. It's almost, like I yeah. said, 5 o'clock in the morning, and people were sitting there heckling the Red Wings. Yeah. Heckling you guys as you were coming off the bus on sweep, and you know Brendan Shanahan comes off, and you know Team Canada just won a gold medal. He won a gold medal. They didn't care. No. You suck, Shanny. All this kind of stuff. And then the next thing, yeah. Steve comes off the bus last, and all of a sudden it was like you know Palm Sunday or something. I mean everyone's <laughs> clapping. Team Canada gold medal, gold medal. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was the only one that got the. Uh, you know, yeah. I'll never, I'll never forget that because yeah. that 2002. Stanley Cup run by you fellas. You know, you get through Vancouver, you win four straight after that. Yeah. Then you play St. Louis, which yeah. was an odd series because yeah. everybody was just hoping that the Red Wings wouldn't sweep them and they yeah. won a game from yeah. you. Yeah. But the 2002 Western Conference yeah. Final against Colorado, I don't care what anybody says, was the best hockey series that I've ever seen. I mean, three games going to overtime. You know, when you, when your backs were against the wall, how good was that Red Wing team? And I know I'm kind of dominating Matthew's uh, <laughs> Matthew's podcast here, but how dominating was that team? Was the fact is when your backs were against the wall, when you faced elimination, you beat Colorado by a combined score of nine to nothing. Nine nothing. Nine nothing. <laughs> and and that's obviously. We we're kind of playing for the cup, right? Right. 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 That was whoever won the Western Conference would win the cup because it was either Toronto or Carolina. Right. And no disrespect, I mean they're good teams, but obviously the the two talent most talented teams were in the West, and uh, but that's why, and no disrespect to to Ozzy or any of the goalies, but like a Dominic Hasek had that that mentality, not the mentality, but just had the this aura about him that he could be unstoppable. And the game is so mental right. that when and when everything was on the line and we go to Colorado and we have to win and he gets back-to-back -back shutouts, I mean, that says it all. And that was pretty amazing, his his performance and all the guys, and that's the Statue of Liberty uh, right. <laughs> saved by Patrick Waugh. But, but you're so right. I mean, you know, you lose game five here, and you're thinking, oh, now we got to go to Colorado, a tough building, tough place to play in. And to come up with that performance is, is pretty sweet. And then Game 7, in my whole career, before Game 7, I have never, ever seen a team so prepared. It was so quiet in that room, but the confidence was there. Right. Nobody was talking, but you knew. When you say everybody's on the same page, 
that was to me game seven i've never seen a team so much on the same page and then we just came out firing in the first period and i think it was four or five nothing in the first right and, right and that was it but you know it's because going back to game five yeah or game six i mean when you were going yeah uh red wings didn't practice in colorado before game You're so six. good you remember all that stuff. yeah i don't you guys did not practice but you had to do media obligations, yeah. so we had to go to the hotel. And you know, yeah. I'm traveling with the team back then, so and I'm, you know, I'm real nervous. Yeah, I'm like yeah, really yeah. nervous, like oh yeah. my god, man, you know, yeah. oh god, you know, because you know it's on the road and stuff. Yeah. And like I think the last game you played there, like Freddie Olison scored an overtime yeah. goal to win, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yes, it's gonna, like you said, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm almost shaking. So, <laughs> St so Steve comes up to me and goes. Hey man, calm down. And I, <laughs> and I said, he goes, we got it. Don't worry about it. Wow. We're gonna, we've got it. We've got it. So just, just take it easy. And it did kind of calm me down, you know, because yeah. you know when Steve, Steve didn't speak a lot, but when he did, yeah. so I remember that game. And the thing that re I remember most about not only the Statue of Liberty, but was the stick measurement. For Dom's stick. Wow. And the, remember that because you, oh, yeah. you took a penalty. The Red Wings were on a penalty. I think Colorado iced the puck, which was odd. You know, yeah. you think, why they yeah. why they stop and play? Because they wanted the stick measurement. Wow. They wanted to be five on three for full right. two minutes. Red Wings were tipped off that they were going to do that. Yeah. And boom, delay a game. I'll never forget being up there at the Pepsi Center. And when they stopped play, because Hashik knew what was going to happen, yeah. he practically sprinted out to center ice holding the stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're so, right. So, so that was when wow. Bob Hartley and the yeah. Avalanche knew. Well, yeah. they know what's going on yeah, here. I yeah, mean, it yeah. was a great. It was a great series. But you know, Matthew, I can. The problem when I see you guys is, is that I'll sit here and just like reminisce yeah. constantly. But um, that's what it's all about, anyway. Yeah, it is. It really, it, it really <laughs> is. So let's. But, but when you look at these teams and some of the people that influenced you. Um, you know, you, you played with Nick for a half a year. Mm -hmm. uh, who helped you make that transition, though? To, to, to defense, even though you were going back and forth the first few seasons? Oh, I got to give credit, a lot of credit to Dave Lewis because he worked hard with me, uh, you know, before practice, after practice, a lot of videos. Uh, as a player, uh, Nick, you know, obviously Nick helped me out. I remember even my first year just helping out, uh, even as a forward, Paul Coffey. Paul Coffey, really? yeah, he was great to me. Um, I even stayed at his house for a few months, you know, he really? invited me in, yeah. And uh, but you know, the guys were all all good to me because I was I I mean I was the youngest guy on the team for like five or six consecutive years right right, right. so but they all took care of me uh, you know Mac and and Drapes and and Ozzy I owe a lot of credit to those guys but it it was just more of watching watching the the, the good player watching the Larry Murphys and and watch what they do in in certain situations and that's how you pick up on on things. Uh, um, you know all the video stuff. Uh, the, uh, the, the, I did a lot of video sessions. That's for sure. But eventually you pick up on it. You, you get okay with it. And then if you have a base, then then you're fine. And then you know sometimes you might venture out. Let me try this. Does this work? Mm -hmm. And so it's a little bit of trial and error. But eventually you, you pick up on things. And you know life is okay as a Red Wing. Yeah, I I was gonna say. Uh, I remember your twenty first birthday party. I a, don't. It, was it, yeah, well, I didn't think you would. <laughs> when, 
which was please in, tell me which was in Birmingham. All right, and yeah, I don't know how I got an invite to it, but I remember Marty. I think picked up the whole tab for it. Marty, LaFleur. Marty, Marty's a good. Marty was a good teammate. Marty was a good teammate. <laughs> you know, th that was really a, yeah. a, a fun night. I remember yeah. telling Vernie, Mike Vernon, yeah. look, if you guys win the cup. This city is going to explode. Yeah, you have yeah. no idea how yeah. you know it was forty-two year drought when you yeah. finally won it. Yeah. So, uh, but let's get get back. I, 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 okay. The party was great. Okay, the, good. If, if you missed a good one, even though you were there. <laughs> uh, but uh, when the relationship with Scotty Bowman, mm -hmm. everybody has Scotty's stories. Everybody, you know, uh, like Nick, he never talked to. No. At all, he didn't have to. Some no. guys, he was like Shandy said, he was constantly on him. Yeah. Um, what was your relationship like? Because you know, he asked you to do something and yeah. you did it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you made a major transition. You going from playing forward your whole life to yeah. playing defense, not, not not in some beer league in the NHL. Right. No, uh, you know, I, I've never learned the position. Like, uh, and then then you play against NHL players and you got to learn a brand new position. So it was tough at first. My relationship with Scotty it was. We didn't talk. I mean, we didn't talk much. Um, but he always, he always had my back. Eventually, you don't know this as a player, right? But he he liked me because I guess he liked my, uh, he liked the way I played. But he liked the, my character. When he when he could fire me up, he liked what he saw, and uh, so that was my relationship to him because I, we never really spoke. But I remember a few times like he kind of got mad at me, and and then I asked him. Well, what do you want from me? In a way, like, right. tell me what you want, and I'll do it. Because, well, you're playing, you're playing D tonight, okay? Or you're gonna play with uh, Sergey and this guy tonight? Yeah, but tell me what you want, so I don't have to be a scratch. I, I want, I want to please you in a way, right? <laughs> right, right? And he didn't, he wasn't sure all the time because he knew he liked me, but he didn't know where to to slot me. So um, we had a few, you know, we had a few run-ins where we talked. Uh, uh, here and there, but other than that, we never really spoke. And uh, but that was Scotty, right? Right. Oh, that, yeah. That's the way he was. He he liked to have his. And eventually, you know, after a few years, you know how to deal with it. You know how to handle it. You know, when you're a young player, you just you listen. But eventually, you know what he wants, and you know when, uh, you know when he, you really have it to have a good performance. And that's how you pick up on it. You pick up things that. Uh, Okay, so here's all these young players, uh, or the trade deadline. Right. My God, how many times have I been traded? I mean, I right. was traded all the time, but he kept me. And that's, it's always later on, no, Scotty, Scotty nixed it, Scotty nixed that. So I owe, him, I owe him so much because he brought me in the NHL. And uh, after being drafted, it was the lockout year. So I get drafted, and it was a lockout year, and I remember him coming to see me play in Sherbrooke in my junior town and I remember right. I, I had scored a goal that game so there was a special thing where he liked me and uh, for that I gotta thank him so much because he brought me in the NHL in a team like in a team that I was really wasn't supposed to make because we we're I mean the, the Red Wings just went to the finals they were already right. so good but he found a way to put me in the lineup right well I mean that was the surprise was yeah. you know here you know here's a you know 18-year-old Matthew Dandino, yeah. and yeah. he's on the Detroit Red Wings, yeah. which considered even back then. I know yeah. Colorado had a great team, yeah. but really, it was pretty much you two were the kind of the class of the league at that yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. you made and you made it. I, you know, is it because of your skating ability? Is it speed? Yeah. You know, we always hear from any athlete, regardless of the sport, right. each level you go up, it's the speed. That's what changes. Yeah. You had that advantage. Were you always a good skater? Did you work on it, or did you know? As you were progressing up through the ranks, that 
your legs were going to take you a long way. Uh, I think, I think, yeah, I think you, you look at your abilities and what brought you to the next level, and it was always my skating ability, my speed. Use it, use it, use your speed. All my coaches in the, you know, in the lower ranks, it was always the same thing. You got to use your asset, right? So I, that's what I did. I remember every training camp. What do I got to do to impress them? I'm just, I got to skate. I got to skate. So put the puck somewhere and just race down. And, and then, then you kind of look at the corners uh, uh, of your eyes and you see the coaches. Oh, yeah, okay, you can move. So that was it. And I was just trying to use my speed as much as I can. And that was it because I didn't have very good hands. I didn't have a very good shot. But I knew I could skate. I knew I could catch pretty much anybody. And uh, I could win races. And that's, um, and, uh, you know, that's what he liked. But I knew you have to play your assets and, and try to work on the things that, you know, that you need to develop. When you win the cup the first time in 97, mm -hmm. you're by far, as you said, the youngest guy in the team, yeah. or one of the youngest. Yeah. You look back to where you were and now moving to defense and being in and out of, uh, yeah. you know, from forward to defense. What was that feeling like? Were you like, I can't really believe this is happening? Or, I mean, you, because for a young person to be on that team and to watch a city like Detroit, and I mean this in a very positive way, just like explode in Red mm. Wing love. Yeah. I mean, it must have just been a fantastic experience for you. Well, I mean, I won the cup 7,000 times as a kid, right? Right. You know, you're playing, <laughs> out, you know, shinny hockey outdoors, so you always win the cup. And, uh, but, you know, to be there and to be live and, and, you know, to embrace the city, like you mentioned. Like, you went through the hard times. I right, didn't, right? right? Yeah. I just showed up, Trust right? me, yes, yeah. yes. I, I remember the dead things there very well. What's been going on over here? Okay, yeah, right, okay. Right, so right, now right, we right. win. Right. And, but it was, it was a special feeling, and uh, it's, it's just great because it's, it's a, a childhood dream that comes true. And then, you know, there, there's the Stanley Cup. I mean, the trophy you've played in a, you know, to win so much as a kid – and then you you achieve your dream right mm -hmm. there and then you know you're 20 years old 21 years old right. oh there it is i get uh, i get to, to raise the stanley cup so it's a really cool feeling but it's so it's so special for for the family and for friends because you know they went through the hardship too i mean they've seen you struggle when you were younger and you know all the up and downs that you've gone through your whole career your parents are there for that so it's a special feeling to them to see you finally win and uh, and you want to share that moment with them because it's just as important to, to them as it is to you and so it's a special feeling to have them to be there and uh, and to celebrate with us. You're, you're a Red Wing, you've won three cups, uh, you're established here, the city of Detroit embraces you like they embrace the entire team, lockout happens, next thing I know you're a Montreal Canadian, and I, I want to ask you a little bit about that because yep. you know I grew up in Detroit, so you know yep. I wanted to be a professional hockey player. Yep. I want to be. I wanted to be a Red Wing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And you were a Red Wing, but you're from Montreal, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, yeah. so you go back and play for the hometown team. Which, yeah. let's be honest, there is a story to franchises the Red Wings yeah. are. How did that all transpire? Because you know there were two real sad days for me personally when players left. Marty, when LaPointe left yeah. for Boston, yeah. and when you left for Montreal. Wow, that's thank you, Art. Well, you know, we got we always got we got along though. I mean, you know, I, yeah. Well, it's here. It is. Um, I have one year left on my team uh, on my deal, and it was a one year. I, th I think it was a one year deal. So now the lockout happens, and so I'm just kind of waiting. Are we coming back? Are we not? But I remember I was going to be a free agent. 
after then right. because when you when you back then when you played 10 years and you're just under the average league salary you become a free agent after 10 years while if you were over the average league salary you'd be a free agent at 31 so i was 29 so that's how i planned to right. be a free agent and that's when you hit the free agent that's when you know you get that big contract right so now i was going to play out my my last year and see what happens do i i want to come back with the red wings for sure so now uh, no season so now i become a free agent so i remember kenny holland offered me a two-year deal well okay well i'm a free agent now i can sign with any team and boston offered me four years and then montreal offered me four years so i was like can you do four years and they said ah it's not where we're going blah 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 right, right, right. and then it's like you know what maybe like, three yeah but, but not four you know the cool thing about <laughs> about hockey cards is looking at the back and seeing all these years and to have the same team. That's right, a right, cool. Right. That's a cool thing. Right. And when I knew it wasn't gonna happen, then it's like, okay, well, Boston, all right, that's fine. But Montreal, man, I grew up watching the Canadians, right? right? And so it's just like, you know what? They're offering me two more years. It'd be kind of cool to play in your hometown and to have all your friends and family there all the time. And so that's how it happened. That's the decision I made. And, you know, I, I'm happy in a way. I'm sad in, in the other. I wish I could have stayed here, you know, forever because you're with the Red Wings, you're always part of the family. It's a big family and you see it all the time. You see guys you haven't seen in 10 years, but it's just like it was yesterday. Right. And, I, I, you know, the, the family concept of the Illiches really trickles down and you always feel welcome when you come back here but it wasn't meant to be back then and uh so i decided to play for the canadians and you know i enjoyed the experience um but i wish i could have stayed as a red wings also you know when you look back at montreal any added pressure on you because you signed as a free agent with your hometown team and we know hockey in montreal yeah, yeah, yeah. is like the top of the mountain yeah uh and you're Three-time Stanley Cup champion. I mean, yeah. what was that? Ex I, I know you enjoyed it, but yeah. was did you feel it after a while? It was like you know the, the expectation level because you were from Montreal was higher from you than maybe perhaps for some of your teammates. Although the standard for the Canadians yeah. is almost as high as it can be. Well, when you're a French Canadian, I mean it's it's year round over there, right? You <laughs> you play for the Canadians, so you answer all questions all year round and what's going on with the team, and it's just that the thing. The difference between Detroit is like well. If the Tigers do well, then people will go see the Tigers. If the Lions or whoever's doing well, people will kind of trickle too, right? right? right. Over there, it's just Montreal Canadiens, good or bad, whatever Not the happens. Alouettes? Not the Alouettes and not the Impact, the soccer team. <laughs> it's the Montreal Canadiens. So I knew the pressure was going to be there, but at the same time, I'm not... I'm not an A1 player, right? They bring me in for my experience. I was 29 years old. Uh, I've won the Stanley Cup. So they wanted me more of a, a, as a teacher. And a little bit of a mentor. Yeah, yeah, to, to, you know, to the younger kids. And, and I embraced that. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I had some good season. I had some, you know, not so good season. Uh, but overall, especially now in my after career, type of thing it was it was a good decision because you know when you're Montreal Canadiens that's forever and over there it's just Montreal Canadiens all the time right. or old or not it's uh, it's the way of life over there so um, no but I, I enjoyed it but the pressure thing I enjoyed it because I you don't want there's so many there's art there's so many 
TV shows and talk right, shows right. and radio shows and podcasts over there. <laughs> There's so many that you you want to do good. You can't right, do right. bad because everybody's bashing at you after. Right, so right. it it's that extra pressure about performing all the time that uh, I embrace it over there. But the fans are unbelievable, and so I have I have nothing bad to say about uh, Montreal. It's all good, and hopefully they'll win a Stanley Cup too eventually because they they deserve it too. Yeah, well, hopefully they're the last Canadian franchise to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that was the... Uh, 93. It's yeah, been a while. Yeah, it has. It has, it has been a while. Yeah. But, you know, being a lifelong Red Wing fan, I know oh, how that yeah. feels, you know. Yeah. Uh, one final question, because I, I, I told you about it'd be about a half hour, a little bit over right now, mm-hmm. but... The game has now evolved. Everybody's saying it's like a speed game, and yeah. you know, and, and you know, it's still a physical game, but it's more of a yeah. more of a speed game. And I know you wouldn't trade your career for anything. Yeah. But eighteen-year-old Matthew Dandino, I'm sure he probably would be a forward in today's NHL. Do you ever think about, boy, I could have really probably I, excelled? I I think so. I I think I'd be better at this game than I was before because obviously I think before was a more physical game, stronger game. I can handle the physical stuff, but now it's it's speed and it's all about speed. Right. So I think I, I would have I would like to enjoy it and, and try it out. That's for sure. But you know it is what it is. I mean uh, the this the game has evolved and now you're so right. I mean it's speed and it's it's skills too. I mean when I grew up, I didn't have YouTube to see all the special moves and dangles between right. the legs to try out, you know, at shinny practice. We didn't have that, right? right? Right, Like, I saw some moves for the first time when Sergei Fedorov stepped on the ice. Oh, my God, how do you do that? You know, like, right. Nick Lidstrom, same thing. How do you do that? And But now the kids are, they're, they're ready. They're, they're ready to play in the NHL. When I started, you start on the fourth line and you're working your way to the third, to the second, to the first, right? You work your way up. Now these kids are just ready and they're handed, you know, first power play already, uh, first line. So that, I think that's that's the biggest difference. And you have to now because of the salary cap. You need to have those players that are making eight hundred thousand, right? You know, to play on some of the top lines because you can't have the multi-loaded like we did way back when. But uh, yeah, in a way, I, I I'd like to see where I would be in today's NHL, but it's not gonna happen. But now I'm I'm happy with re- uh, retirement. Right, well, yeah, and you live in Montreal now. Yeah, I live in Montreal, and, and you know, I kind of gave a little bit of grief about all these TV shows back in Montreal, but that's what I do now. I do a nightly <laughs> TV show for TVA Sports, but it was basic. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it, but eventually, you know, you hear so many things that are being said that, well, if I'm there, he can't. He can't say how it works in the dressing room because I've been in a dressing right, room. Right, right. So it's just to give your input about uh, about how life in the NHL is or, or what the player's thinking or what the coach is thinking type of thing. And so that's what I do on uh, during the you know the NHL season. Just follow NHL and just read on uh, whatever happens in the NHL and just comment on it. Now, if I were to get a uh, Canadian satellite dish over to the house and I would charge it to a buddy of mine in Windsor, obviously. Yeah, yeah, they, obviously. Uh, That's they, what you do, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I know how that game works. <laughs> but uh, would I be able to see you? Absolutely. TVA Sports, uh, we're actually, we're like the French sports net. So uh-huh. there's TSN, RDA. So you're not speaking English, so I No, have... no, all French. Pas français, toi, hein? Really? Yeah, you no. know. Now, I took Spanish no. when I was. Le podcast yeah. est pas français. No, no. no okay. <laughs> <laughs> so well, why French. don't you say in French though? Say the red and white authority in French. Le rouge, l'autorité rouge et blanche. 
Rouge et blanc. Si right, we'll get Andrew to cut that up and use it somehow. So, um, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> but so so how do you, and you like being on TV? Uh, you know what? It's it's a, it's a nice job, and it's just you talk about hockey. Uh, we you know your hockey. Right, you right, talk about right, hockey. Right. It's fun, and you know it's you're in your bed uh, every night. I don't enjoy traveling anymore. Um, I've traveled so much. Right. Just just like I. It, it's good to be home and just staying home. I enjoy that. I Probably, do enjoy that. I would imagine the most difficult shows you have to do is when, because Montreal and Detroit are now in the same division, that whenever the Red Wings and Canadians play, you, you have to be... Okay, you talk so... Talk about the Red Wings, right? You're, and like you, you're Mr. Red Wing at that and point. And you have to give... Sometimes we have to give our predictions. And for the last five years, I've been doing that show... <laughs> Red Wings win every time. That's what I say. So, you know, I'm still a Red Wing at heart, uh, that's for sure. All right, Matthew, I could go on forever. It's yep. always great catching up with you. Uh, as I told you earlier, I was really completely disappointed that we weren't able to, you know, uh, catch up on the Talk last day. Talk to Kenny Holland. <laughs> yeah, Four-year well, deal. Yeah, right, I would have stayed. <laughs> the next time I see Holland, you know, because he doesn't have enough uh, going on right yeah, now yeah, on his yeah, plate. Yeah, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm going to yeah. say to me, Dan, you know, why four years? That yeah. sounds good to me. Why yeah. didn't you do it? Yeah. But uh, but it's it's great catching up with you. Thank you very much for Same being here. part of this, and we'll talk to you very very soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.